I like to think of platform as the act of positioning, whereas positioning is really how you want to be seen, kind of the angle you're taking to what you're doing. Platform then becomes the application of that. It's a way to get visibility so that you have the opportunity to influence others. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the brand new You Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you build your personal brand. We meet here each week to learn how building your brand can help you grow your influence, amplify your online reputation, and ultimately impact your career. I'm your host, Ryan Roten, and today's guest and I share the same hairstylist. Shane Purnell is a 15-year-plus veteran in the IT industry where he still works today. And while he loves what he does during the day, Shane's passion lies in public speaking, online business, and teaching others to get dialed into their inspiration and motivation. So in his spare time, he's a blogger, a speaker, and the host of the Platform Giant podcast. On the podcast and his blog, Shane's goal is to help you build your own platform so that you can stand head and shoulders above the crowd. Shane, it is my pleasure to welcome you to the brand new You Show. It's actually my pleasure to be here. I'm excited. I finally get to be on the brand new You Show. <laughs> That's funny. I'm excited to have you on too. And I think it might be a good time just to tell a brief story of how you and I actually met, which A, was via Twitter, but Twitter turned into a real life meeting not too long ago. Yeah, that's the power of social media. I tweeted out, I'd listened to your show for a long time and I loved it. And the thing that I loved about it is it's so good and there was so much great information. But you and I, we don't occupy the same space uh, in podcasting, but we have some overlap. And your show was so good, I didn't want to put any tweets out there because you're just so much better better than me at this. and Which is not true at all, by the way. <laughs> Finally, I broke down. I said, you know what? This is just too good. And I, I sent a tweet out that, uh, that I loved the show that you had just done. And to my surprise, you tweeted right back and you said that you listened to my show too. And then I was like, well, gosh, how can I hate this guy now? He likes my show. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things too, where you know, you you approach this, actually anything in life, you have two choices, right? You can approach it with a scarcity mindset, which is there's always so much pie and I don't want you to take any of mine. Or you can approach it with an abundance mindset, which says there's enough pie for everybody. And it doesn't matter if it's the exact same kind of pie, but we're all going to dive in and have some. Absolutely. It's an infinite pie. That's the thing that people don't understand is that it's not a individual sport. Success is a team sport and you need people around you, people like you, people who can encourage you. So as we've gotten to know each other, that has just become abundantly clear that in no stretch of the imagination, by no stretch of the imagination, are we even in the same space. We are actually teammates to kind of you know forward the agenda of, of building a brand, building a personal brand, building a platform. It, it really, we help each other out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what's even more scary is that if you put a picture of the two of us side by side, I bet you people couldn't tell us apart. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's my challenge to the listeners is to go tell me whether or not you can tell Shane and I apart if you look us up on Google. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I haven't looked to see if pictures of us both come up when we do an image search. <laughs> Someday they might. Google is going to go, hey, these two guys look alike. Let's just put them all together in one search result. <laughs> all right, Shane, as a listener to the show, you know the first question that's coming. So if you could vacation in only one place for the rest of your vacation days, where would you go? If I could vacation in only one place... There's only one place that I haven't been that I really want to go, and that's Tahiti. 
I was going to say Puerto Vallarta. Now, I've been to Puerto Vallarta many times. I absolutely love that place. But Tahiti, I've never been. The water's beautiful. I have friends who've been there, and they absolutely say it's the most beautiful place on Earth. So I've, I've got to go. Tahiti. Okay. You are the first person to say Tahiti. Now I have to try to figure out what kind of music they play in, or listen to in Tahiti. <laughs> you could just pull up something maybe from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I love that. I wish there's times when I wish we could just pull up and use any of the music that, you know, we know would be very appropriate for a certain situation or theme. It would be great. Oh, that would be so much fun. But it doesn't work that way. (laughs) All right, Shane. Hey, let's get into this. Like me, you also have a full-time job that you do and you are doing all this blogging, podcasting stuff on the side. There are many folks who listen to the show who are in that kind of in that zone of, I want to go do something, but I'm not really sure if I can handle doing it with a full-time job. So how are you able to manage both a full-time job and the blog and the podcast and the speaking and all of the other things that you're doing on the side? Well, I actually have a secret stash of hours. I get 29 hours a day, whereas most people only get <laughs> nice 24. Nice. So I get an extra four hours a day. That's where I find it. Okay, awesome. That is great. I'd like to know where you shop. <laughs> actually, where I find the time is is in the, the saying, you know, there's a difference between interest and commitment. You know, interested is you do it when you feel like it, commitment, you do it no matter what. And I've made the commitment that this is a path that I want to go down and I make the time to do it. So if it means getting up an hour early to do a blog post, or if it means staying up late to finish up a podcast, that's what I do. I make time for it because I'm committed to it. So where did the whole platform piece come from for you? Did it, is that something you've always been interested in or is it something that uh, you know, you've been passionate about for a long, long time? Well, the whole concept of platform kind of sits at the intersection of the, I guess, the story of my life is because I started out as a speech communication major in college. I have a degree in speech communication. That's what I absolutely love doing is talking with people, having conversations, or doing a podcast. I love public speaking, persuasion, all of that. But when you graduate with a degree in speech communication, that qualifies you for an entry-level job at most organizations. You basically walk out of university with a college degree and uh, hoping you can build something out of it. So I realized probably about five years into my career that I wasn't really going to get anywhere with what I had. So I had to go back. I had to retool And I went into information technology. So I started learning about websites. I started learning about website design. I went to work for a company that very early on in the 2000s was doing web-based programming. The stuff that we all think is nothing today, that company was doing 15 years ago before anyone was really thinking along those lines. And I slowly built my career in IT. And I realized I got to a point that I was either going to have to go into back into a management type of role or I was going to have to dive much deeper into a technical role in IT. And so I got to the point in my career, I said, you know, what is it that I love to do and how can I make that happen? So I got to the point where this idea of platform sits at the intersection of technology and communication. It started out a little bit dealing with personal branding and public speaking, but it's evolved into really how we communicate our expertise and our authority to the world. 
We build a platform to do that. Mm. So before we get too far down the road, what is a platform? The easiest way to think about a platform is really a platform is a means for gaining visibility, whatever that means is. It's a way to get visibility so that you have the opportunity to influence others. So, so what is the difference then between, say, a platform and positioning? I like to think of platform as the act of positioning. Whereas positioning is really how you want to be seen, kind of the angle you're taking to what you're doing, platform then becomes the application of that. And I was having a conversation with our mutual friend, uh, Dr. Michelle Mazur, about this. And she said, yeah, but Shane, without the people, the platform doesn't matter. And I had to concede the point to her. So somewhere in the middle of all of this positioning and platform lies the people, the people that you are having this conversation with. So the, the means for gaining a visibility so that you have the opportunity to influence others, the others piece is as important as the first part of that sentence. It really comes down to people and putting a tribe of people around you that know you, like you, and trust you, and you reciprocate that by creating relationships with them. Speaking of people, there's going to be some people listening to this right now who are probably wondering, why should I build a platform? What advantage will that give me in the marketplace? Well, Ryan, I've heard you say this before. You know, if Google doesn't say you exist, then you don't exist. We don't live in a time anymore where anonymity is a luxury that we can have. If you are out in the marketplace, if you are trying to build a career, you need a platform to do that. You have to have some sort of visibility so you have the opportunity to control the conversation that happens about you. So one of the things that I run into with people when they talk about visibility showing up well, if you will, in Google search results is they don't really know what they want to be known for. How do we how do we help people determine what their platform should be? Is, are there exercises you can do or is there something you should observe during the course of the day that would that would make you go, huh, OK, maybe that's an area where I could build a platform from? Well, I used to think that one day your special gift will be revealed to you. And it's not a divine revelation. What I've found is that what it is you want to be known for, what you want to build your platform around comes with a lot of soul searching and reflection. And there will be many iterations of it. There's a lot of exercises and personality tests and all of these things that you can do, but it really comes down to knowing yourself and knowing the value that you have to add to the world. So my recommendation would be to do things like take the strength finders test, take the disc analysis, take the fascination advantage. The more of these self-assessments that you do, the more you understand who you are, what you do well, and what you don't do so well, the better off you're going to be. And from that, and it's a process and it takes time, from that, you can start to build a platform. The problem a lot of people have, the problem that we have in today's world is that we want the answer right away. We don't want to do the tough work of introspection. And it takes a lot of introspection to get to the point where you know yourself well enough that you can build your brand and that you can start to extend that out into the world and build your platform. Yeah, so well said. I agree 110% if that's possible. I, I, I do think we live in this world of instant gratification where – you know, if you don't know the answer, you can just pull out your phone, Google it, and bam, you have it. And you don't have to wait. You know, you don't have to actually go do research anymore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, doing the work 
that it takes to build a platform and to be able to stand out above the crowd. It's just something that is foreign to a lot of us these days, but it's the work and the effort that it takes in order for you to become known for what you know. Yeah, I just don't think we have the luxury of going to work for a company and keeping our head down, doing our job, and then someone will notice us and promote us, and then that will continue to happen all the way up into the chief executive office. It just doesn't work like that. If you look at the people who, whether on their own or even within an organization who rise to the top, they are actively building a platform. They're building their tribe. They're building their relationships. They're creating authority and they're creating visibility for themselves, not just in terms of relationships, but they are actively working their way to the top. It's from a plan. It's a different kind of platform than I typically talk about, but it applies both inside and outside of organizations. Right, right. So let's move into the typical platform that you talk about. You have a you have a process or an acronym that you use to help people understand how we build our platforms. It's called Crave, C-R-A-V-E, in which you talk about channels, accomplishments, relationships, visibility, and evidence. And I want to go ahead. Let's start first with, can you just define for us, unless I've already done it, <laughs> what is Crave and how did you come up with that methodology? Well, you can call it Crave. We could go that way or we could call it Carve. Oh, Carve. My bad. It doesn't matter. You can go either way. <laughs> Carve, crave, you know, it's two letters just switched. Exactly. And you can switch them. So I said the, I said the words in the right order, but let's go, let's go your way. It is your thing. Well, first of all, (laughs) I wish it were my thing. It was actually given to me and it wasn't given to me. It was actually shared with me by a gentleman named Bill O'Hanlon. And Bill is known as a, as a psychologist, a positive psychologist. And he studied under a gentleman named Dr. Milton Friedman. Uh, who is the father of positive psychology. Milton Friedman did a lot of the pioneering work on neuro-linguistic programming, and Bill was his last student. And Bill is a prolific writer. He's written over 35 books, and he's done all of these great things. He teaches people how to build their own books. And I, I was talking to him and asking him how this whole concept of platform works. And he said, Shane, well, if you want to build a platform, you're going to have to carve it. Mm. And I said, well, Bill, what does that mean? And he said, well, it's CARVE, C-A-R-V-E, and it stands for Channels, Accomplishments, Relationships, Visibility, and Evidence. All of these things working together build a platform. Now that you've said it, I got to tell you that uh, carving a platform does does make a lot more sense than actually craving one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the first step is to crave one and then you can carve it. Let's go ahead and let's start. I want to dive into each one of these. Sure. When we talk about the channels in the in the acronym CARVE, what are we referring to? Well, channels are just the media that you use to get your message out. And channels can be online channels, which we would normally think of like social media. And you could divide all the social media channels up there. But, you know, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of the social media, your website, podcasts. If you are a speaker, you know, one of your channels would be your public speaking. If you're a writer, your books are one of the channels of your platform. But all of these different ways that you get your message out into the world, those are your channels. You know, a lot of people will rush out when a new social media platform comes up and they'll sign up for it and then they abandon it, uh, sometimes within an hour. (laughs) But other times, you know, several days go by. Are there certain social media platforms that if you're working with a client where you say, okay, you must be on these and all these other ones, you may have an account with them? 
them, but we need to let those go. Well, I don't have ones specifically that I would recommend. I would say, first of all, the channels that you need to be in are the channels that you're comfortable in. If you don't like a channel, I tried Periscope and live doing a live scope that just wasn't me and it didn't fit in with what I wanted to do. Even though there may be audience that I'm missing, if I'm not comfortable there, it's just not going to turn out well. So I don't go there. And I started there and I said, you know what, this isn't for me right now. So I'm going to not be there. When you had Sabrina Clark on from Branda.me, I remember on your podcast, she was talking about there are a few channels that are very authoritative when it comes to Google search results. LinkedIn is a big one. Twitter is a big one. Facebook is a big one. And Google Plus. Those are great platforms to have a presence on. You want to be in those channels. You want to be present in those channels. But those may not be where your audience is. So it's good to be in those channels where there's a lot of search engine juice that you can have that name recognition come up to be associated with. But if you're not comfortable there, maybe a presence is all you need. It may not be where you're active. Go where your audience is. Okay. Is there, is there a way that people can determine where their audience is? is it, are they just looking for, say, the most interaction on a specific platform? Or is there something more than that they should be paying attention to? I think it comes down to interaction. And I think the more comfortable you are in a platform, the more interaction you're going to get. If you're forcing, it really comes across in social media. Now, that being said, there are certain platforms, I would say Twitter, for example, where it's very easy to organically build a following. And I'm not talking about buying followers. A little side note here, I was actually looking through, I vet every one of my Twitter followers. I don't instantly follow someone back. It has to make sense for me to have that relationship there. And somebody, I thought this was so funny. Somebody had one tweet, but yet had 40,000 followers. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was a powerful tweet. So my side, that was my little side note on Twitter. But those create, you know, those social media followers and that engagement, it's part of the evidence of your platform. So you want to make sure that you are present there and that there are certain platforms that can provide evidence of a great platform. So be there. But if you're not comfortable, then don't go there. Okay. Let's let's move on to the next part of CARVE, which is accomplishments, your education and your experience. When we talk about accomplishments, you're not talking about like, I got a bachelor's degree in this or I got a doctorate degree in this, are you? Actually, yeah, that's part of it. Uh, accomplishments are really just the things that you've done related to what you want to be known for. So accomplishments could be a formal recognition of your expertise, like a doctorate or an MBA or a certification in your industry. Those are accomplishments. They speak to your authority. And so that's formal recognition by a third party that you know what you're talking about or that you have some expertise in this subject. But it doesn't have to be just limited to things like degrees. Maybe you have 25 years experience in engineering. That's an accomplishment. That is something that leads to credibility. Another way you could talk about accomplishments is they, they relate to your authority. Are the things that you do that give you authority, that create credibility for you? They're the things that people can go, okay, yeah, this person may be someone I want to listen to. So yeah, I don't, don't discount the degrees part as, as part of that. So, I mean, that includes then, you know, things like maybe podcast interviews you've been on, or if you've been solicited for a quote or something that would go into a magazine or some other online publication, those would all count as accomplishments and fall under education and experience. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. And when you have that, I notice a lot of people, they display it on their website kind of as a featured on or featured by, usually right underneath the very opening picture on their website, correct? Correct. Correct. The reason those are important is those are, those are called third-party endorsements. And it's one thing for me to tell you, I'm a pretty big deal. You need to listen to me. That usually doesn't come across very well. It's entirely something different when you say how great I am because I have a vested interest in promoting myself. Of course, I'm going to tell the world that I think I'm great. But if you tell the world that I'm great, people are going to believe you far more. Why? Because you're a third party saying that you're not me. So you have more credibility. Those third party endorsements are critical to creating a good platform. part of the carve process. So when you talk about relationships, I mean, I think we know what we're referring to, but let's go ahead and get your definition of how relationships fit into the carve methodology. Right. And relationships are just the people that you know and the people who know you. It's another way to say networking. But the problem that a lot of people have is that if you say networking, that comes with a lot of baggage. There's a lot of preconceived notions about what networking is. So if we really just think about networking as building relationships, building friendships. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I think David Fisher, who I've had on the show before, who wrote the best-selling, you know, how to network in the 21st century series of books now, he would definitely agree with you on that. He's a big, big advocate of networking uh, and just, you know, meeting different and new people so that you can expand that circle of five that you surround yourself with. Yeah, you know, I used to look at networking as cheating. You know, I grew up with the, you know, with the good Protestant work ethic, keep your head down, work hard, do the right thing, and you'll get ahead. And that does serve you well to a point. And I looked at people who were busy building their network, building relationships at work and going to different departments and creating those relationships and being cognizant of how other people can help them and how they can help other people. I kind of looked at them as, as cheaters, because they were trying to game the system. They were trying to do something that was to get ahead without earning it. And what I found is that I spent a lot of my career missing out on an opportunity to, to get to know people. I said, I said something earlier in the podcast that I want to come back to, and that is success is a team sport. What I didn't understand at the time was that these people were building relationships before they needed them. I thought that all success in life, all promotions in life came through just hard work. And that will happen. And in some cases, that does get you ahead. But when you start creating relationships, when you start getting to know people, when you start building friendships and you start doing things for other people, not because you want something back, but because you actually have a connection with them, you have created a friendship, then when the time comes, and a lot of people have said it, when it comes down to it, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. People help people they know, like, and trust. It's not cheating. It's just the way we're built as human beings. It's relationships. It's friendships. That's how the world works. And to ignore building relationships as part of building a platform is to ignore part of your team. You're trying to win the baseball game 
all by yourself. We talked when we were talking about channels, we talked about how you can share your message with others. Is it is curating content of others through your channels also another way to uh, build relationships? I think it's a great way to get to know people, especially people who you would consider influencers. And I want to kind of move off to the side on that question a little bit and talk about influencers because I think people make a big mistake when they talk about influencers and when they think about influencers and how they approach building relationships with influencers. A lot of people start right at the top. They they go they go into a platform like Twitter and they start trying to retweet things from someone like Dan Pink or someone like Chris Brogan or Gary Vaynerchuk, all of these huge names. And they think they're going to build these relationships with these big influencers and these big influencers are then going to retweet their stuff and all of a sudden they're going to be famous and they're going to shortcut it. And that's not a good way to build relationships. A better way is to start looking at people in your industry, people whose opinion you respect, people who you like the content that they're creating, and then just simply trying to promote them by first adding value to them, by retweeting in social media or by sharing a post on Facebook of theirs. What you're doing is you're saying, this is valuable to me. And you're demonstrating something to them is you're giving them the gift of promotion. And as you do that, you start to create little interactions and these relationships build over time. And it's after you've built up, my old football coach used to call it, build up enough debt. You know, you build up that reserve enough that you can make a withdrawal. Maybe you can ask for a podcast interview or you can ask for a quote from them for a blog post you're writing. After the relationship exists, you've built up enough credibility with them. You've built up enough relationship that asking for something from them isn't such a big deal. Right. So the curating content piece, do it, number one, because it's a great way to build a relationship. Don't start so high. Maybe start with somebody who is not quite as well known and start trying to build that relationship. And then you stair step your way up. But curating content is one of the fastest ways that you can gain credibility for yourself. It gives you a bit of authority because you're borrowing the credibility of these people who are slightly ahead of you and you're seen as part of a relationship with them. You're kind of borrowing their good name. It's interesting you took that little segue, and I'm kind of glad you did because uh, Jared Easley, who's also been a guest on the show, is a friend of mine as well. He just released a book earlier this year called Stop Chasing Influencers. Yes, I still want to read that. The book is a lot more than just that, really to the point of what he's saying is, is that if you want to rely on an influencer to help you grow your platform, you are not going to grow your platform because it's not the influencer's job to grow your platform. It's yours. And while you can borrow their credibility, you need to, you, if you really want to form relationships and you really want to form good relationships with people that can help you, you need to do exactly what you just said, which is look at people who are just a few steps above you, who are, you know, willing to participate, if you will, in the law of reciprocity that Bob Bird just talked about on your podcast. Exactly. Bob, Bob has been a huge influence on me. I had read his book, The Go-Giver, a few years ago. And then after actually having the honor to get to meet him and interact with him over the last few months, boy, that, that's a guy who lives out his brand. And I would have never dreamed 
of meeting someone like Bob Berg. But the fact is, a friend of mine introduced me to a friend of hers who introduced me to Bob Berg. Bob Berg is, is way up at the top of business influencers. He was not someone who was even on my radar to build a relationship with. But because I was focused on creating a good relationship at lower levels, that opportunity opened up. While we're on this, this gives me actually an opportunity to, to hop up on my soapbox. It's a, a feeling that's growing more and more in me. Are, are you getting on your platform here? I'm getting on my platform. <laughs> Can everybody see me? I'm standing head and shoulders above the crowd. I, I really see this a lot out on the internet. I'm really growing tired of this whole tactical and strategic application of building a platform and personal branding and internet marketing and all of this. Everybody's focused on tactics and doing this and doing that. If you want to get ahead, here's how you gain the system. Here's really what this comes down to is this comes down to a lot of hard work, treating people right, and learning as deeply as you can about your topic. The tactics and the strategies are good, but people really need to take a much longer view. And I really think that in this, I hate to use the cliche, in this internet age that we live in, everybody wants to do this right away. And nobody appreciates the long journey and the lessons that come out of the journey. They're in such a rush to be an expert, they're not willing to put in the time and get the scars and the cuts and have the stories and the failures that precede success. They're just not willing to do it because they think success is easy and if they could figure out the right tactic or strategy, they're going to be sitting on top. Hey, sit back and enjoy the journey. This is fun. Building a platform is fun. Building your brand is fun. It's a lot of hard work, but quit trying to shortcut it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that 100%. And I think those that do shortcut can see very short-term success, but they will not be in it for the long haul. And those who take their time to build relationships, to find the right channels, and to actually accomplish things, they're going to be much more successful in the long term. Because to me, personal branding is, as you've already said, it's a long-term game and you got to be willing to play for the long term. Yeah. This is not something where you're going to all of a sudden be at the top of your industry. You still have to have the skills and the expertise to back all of this up. This is just a mechanism that puts you in the driver's seat in the market that we live in today. So as we continue down the, the carve process, I continue to want to say crave. I hope people crave <laughs> to carve. So as we continue down the carve process, we've talked about channels, accomplishments, and relationships. And the next one is V for visibility. When, when we're talking about the carve process and we get to the V, what are we talking about? Visibility is just really how well you show up in the channels you're in. We talked at first about channels, and those are all of the different places that you show up. And you can create a very wide platform by being in a lot of channels. But the more channels you're in, the more effort it's going to take to increase your visibility in all of those channels. And Gary Vaynerchuk, I know, spoke to this in his book, uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook, that you can't treat every platform the same. I think he finally really, there's a a thought, uh, a thought leader, someone who's influencing people is he got everyone to see that you can't just do this carpet bombing of, of all these different channels and expect to get results. You have to show up. You have to understand the people in that channel. So my recommendation is pick a few channels where you can become highly visible. If you can become more visible in those channels, then add more channels as they make sense. I still advocate having a presence in as many channels as you can handle, but 
being present in a channel doesn't mean that you're focusing your efforts on becoming visible in that channel. It just means you are there every once in a while. I think Michael Hyatt calls these your outposts. So let's talk about outposts for just a minute. Sure. You've got all these different outposts. What is in your mind, what is the most important to have as you're trying to increase your visibility online? Multiple outposts in place or a personal website? Both. Both. I think you need you need the personal website because far and away, yourname.com is going to be the easiest way for people to find you. Google is the phone book of the 21st century. That's when people want to know something about someone, they're going to go to Google or Bing or Yahoo, pick your search engine, but they're going to search for your name. So having that branded yourname.com website, that's going to be your best bet. But what feeds into that is these outposts. And I think you do need to be present because they act as a support for your name. Having those helps you show up. But I think that while it's good to be there, I don't think you want to live there. Let's move on. Last last letter in the CARVE acronym, evidence. Wouldn't we say evidence? What are we referring to? Evidence is the objective, the quantitative manifestation of your platform. It's proof. So if you say, I'm the author of three books, that is evidence of a platform. If you say I have 50,000 followers on Twitter, that's evidence of a platform. If you say as seen on or as seen in, and you have all of these different websites where your content or you've been featured, that's evidence of a platform. And what that is speaking to then, it is proof to the outside world. There is an objective third-party validation that the platform exists. And that's important when people start looking to you as an authority. One of the things I think of is is public speaking. And that's a great way to build a platform, by the way. If you have the gift of gab or if you feel you have something to say and, and want to communicate and feel that live interaction back and forth, there's nothing like public speaking. But when you become a public speaker, the first thing that happens when you apply to speak somewhere is they say, where else have you spoken? If you can say, I've spoken here, here, and here, if you have a demo video of you speaking, if you have a podcast, these all serve as evidence of a platform. It gives you that credibility. Right. Social proof is the coined phrase that we hear a lot today, right? Social proof. While we're talking about social proof, you have some great social proof that comes out on your podcast called The Platform Giant. Yes. Before we get into what it's about, I'd like to know how you came up with the name. The name was actually inspired by Michael Hyatt's book, Platform, Get Noticed in a, in a Noisy World. And that was actually at the point that I started to realize what I was really passionate about. It, it Platform, kind of that whole concept of platform really struck home with me because all of these different things that I was attempting to do on the internet kind of coalesced under that umbrella of platform. And I really liked that. I was like, yeah, this is what I've been talking about. This is what I'm interested in. This is what... This is what really gets me excited. It, but it has to do with technology and it has to do with communication. So how can I mix these two things together. And there's another form, and we referred to it earlier, of a speaking platform. And this is the stage that a, a speaker stands on. And I love public speaking, and I love studying public speaking and persuasion and how all of that works. So the idea of having a platform and a speaking platform, it all just kind of came together. And the basic idea was that I wanted to help people really kind of get noticed, help them be visible, have, help them build this, this idea of a platform and the fact that it, kind of worked in with speaking was great too. So I said, yeah, I want people to be platform giants. And I just like, yeah, that's it. 
And then, of course, what ended up happening is uh, now everybody goes, hey, you're the platform giant. I said, no, you're the platform giant, not me. I want to help you get there. It's not about me. Uh, so I kind of deal with that. And, and in some ways, I regret calling it platform giant. But at the same time, uh, it's it's kind of a, a funny story. But that's really where the story came from of how I came up with the name. Well, like it or not, you're going to be the platform giant. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you were putting this together and you were telling people, no, you are the platform giant, who is that audience? Who are the people that tune in to the Platform Giant podcast? Well, a lot of people that listen are interested in public speaking. They're interested in presentations. That, that's a core chunk of my audience. But even beyond that, it's people who want to be able to communicate their message in a way that inspires other people. It's people who want to be more influential, uh, people who want to have more authority, and just really people who want to get noticed. And so typically that's going to be professionals, people who have a, a professional career, what is traditionally perceived as the white collar professional career and people who are trying to get some visibility there. But it's also people who are trying to get some visibility because they have a business, whether that business is digital or live, but they know they need to get the word out about who they are and what they do and what they have to offer the world. So it's both entrepreneurs and professionals. So it's people who crave a platform and they're trying to learn how to carve it out. <laughs> I think that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane, I know the answer to this question, but for those who don't know, uh, and I highly recommend everybody go check out your podcast. It's very good. You have some great guests on there and you do have, you build very good rapport with your guests very quickly, but how often uh, does it come out? It comes out weekly. Last year we were doing it every other week and I made the commitment. We talked about commitment earlier. I made the commitment this year that I was going to do this on a weekly basis. The goal every week is Tuesday, but you know, sometimes it, it bleeds down to Friday and usually try to look at Tuesday or Wednesday. All right. So Shane, for people who are ready to carve out their own platform, what are some of the best ways for them to get in touch with you? Social media at platform giant. You can find me anywhere. Uh, also, if on Twitter, at Platform Giant is where I do almost all of my tweeting, but I also have at Hey Shane Purnell. That's my personal one. That's where you're going to find things that are more related to just my personal life and things that I find interesting in more of the uh, traditional enterprise business world. One of those two places, if you just search Shane Purnell, LinkedIn is under Shane Purnell. And the place that I hang out the most is, is LinkedIn and Twitter. So in other words, you've done a great job of branding your first and last name here. I'm working on it. I listen to your podcast and I try to do what you say and uh, it seems to be working for me. All right, Jane, you got any final thoughts, uh, tips, words of wisdom, anything you'd like to pass on to anybody that's listening today? Yeah, I just want to remind people, great things have no fear of time. So if you have an idea, if there's something that you're passionate about, something that you want to do, then start building it. Don't let fear hold you back. Just go ahead and take action. Get started today. You may not have it right at first. You may screw it up completely at first, but that's okay. That's part of the learning process. You'll eventually kind of figure your way into where you're going. That's how you build a platform. Just one step at a time, one day at a time. Don't get in a rush, but just be consistent. I love that. Great things have no fear of time. That is awesome. Shane, thank you very much for sharing your time with us today. Oh, thanks for having me on. It was a blast and uh, I absolutely love your show and people need to be listening to your show twice a week, <laughs> as much of you as they can get, because uh, it's just really probably one of the most authoritative podcasts on personal branding that there is. Yeah, I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> You're too kind, Shane. I'm going to have now I'm going to now I'm going to have to pay you next time I'm in Kansas City at the BW3s. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There are no shortcuts to building your platform. 
to building your brand, no matter how you approach it, it will take hard work. And the bulk of that hard work, the work that most people want to skip, is the most important part, increasing your self-awareness, which is why it's the first part of the DICE process. Understanding your strengths, what you're good at, what you naturally gravitate towards, and as Gary Vaynerchuk would say, knowing what you suck at. These are all the things that matter the most when building your platform. They are also the most difficult things to comprehend, and they will take time to wrap your head around. Your platform is your link to your brand, to your career, and ultimately to your compensation. Your platform can be a great thing for your career, and as Shane said, great things have no fear of time. So don't rush into it, but do get started. Take your time and build your platform out of bricks through self-awareness, not out of straw via some shortcut you found on the internet. Thank you, Shane, for your time with us today and for reminding us that if we take the time and put in the effort, we can all become platform giants. And if you're interested in getting started building your platform, your brand, and you're ready to put in the required effort, I encourage you to head on over to thepersonalbrandingblueprint.com. That's all one word, thepersonalbrandingblueprint.com, and make a small investment in yourself today. This online course is designed to help you become more self-aware and to move you closer towards understanding what it is that you want to be known for. You can find the show notes and the links to everything that Shane and I talked about today over on the blog at ryanroten.com forward slash Shane Purnell. Thank you for listening in today. Until next week, I've been Ryan, and I'm out. Our vacation theme music today is the Tropical Island Loop by N-Dub Music. And today's show was edited and produced, as always, by yours truly, Ryan Roden. 